Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, we are glad you are here today, and uh, we're going to hear from the Word. And we got a special speaker today. Uh, his name is Ed, Ed, Ed Williams, and he's part of the denominational conference here in Ontario. And uh, he's joining us today with his wife, Karen. And we are very excited to have him here. Uh, they have lived in Ontario for the last 22 years, serving in pastoral positions in Niagara. And this summer marks the 35th year anniversary. Give him a hand for that. They have three grown daughters, um, and they recently just had uh, a grandson, grandson, and they are grandparents for the first time, and that's exciting for them. They love people. Uh, They're actually going to the Maritimes in August. That's where they're originally from, and it's really good to have them here. Ed is presently serving again on the Ontario Mennonite Conference Board as the executive director, and uh, he's been in this role for the last five years, and he oversees 30 churches across the province. Mercy. Dealing with 30 pastors and a whole bunch of boards. Ed, we are praying for you, brother. Ed, come on up. Uh, give him a hand. Let's give him a big Meadowbrook welcome. Uh, he's going to be preaching for us today, and I just want to pray for him. And uh, Ed, we are glad you are here, and we're glad Karen is here as well. And we're looking forward to seeing what God has laid in your heart. Let's pray for Ed. Uh, Jesus, thank you for the journey that you've had Ed and Karen on. And I thank you for uh, even their anniversary, Lord, of 35 years of marriage. And how exciting is that? And I pray, God, that they would continue to just be uh, ministers for your gospel as Ed comes to speak today. I pray, Jesus, that his words will fall on great ground, uh, that our hearts will be softer what he has to say. Speak in and through him. Give him boldness through the power of your Holy Spirit. And again, thank you for the ministry of your word. And we pray that you're blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Mesh. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, just a real privilege and honor uh, to be with you again. Uh, I have been here. Some of you may recognize that I have been here on a couple occasions. I know I was at the uh, commissioning service for the Hits and for the Walkers, uh, and uh, even going back a little bit earlier over the last couple of years. And I got to honestly say that I love coming to Leamington. There's something about this community, this neighborhood. Uh, this was the first time, I think, that I've been uh, here specifically with my wife, Karen. And she was commenting, too, just about how beautiful and... This thing just came apart on me. Sorry about that. Got it, I think. I'll hold it together. Um, anyway, she was just commenting about how uh, really pristine and people keep things really nice. Uh, it's a beautiful spot. Something about the spiders, though. What's that? <laughs> we drove by a sign, like, special, you know, help if you have lots of spiders. Uh, come to Niagara if you're adverse to spiders. Uh, we have a few, but not apparently as many as you do. Um, anyways, great to be here. I'm going to figure out later on how to get one of these mugs. Uh, I like those mugs. Um, that, that's awesome. Uh, so I'll be making a beeline over there. Um, as uh, a new grandfather... Um, you got to give me just a little bit of space, right? So I got to show you uh, something. I just, what can I say? This is uh, Eli within the first 20 hours or so of his birth. Uh, special little guy. 
Uh, Kirsten, our daughter, and Eric live out in British Columbia, and that is the one little thing I need to comment on. Uh, Mesh, we actually originally come from BC, although we did serve in the Maritimes for seven years. And so our kids, for whatever reason, our daughter moved back there. And those of you who are grandparents, it's not fun having your grandkid a long ways away. Uh, But as a grandfather, you can right away start doing grandfather kinds of things and teaching him all kinds of bad habits. Uh, So that's Eli with his first Starbucks. Uh, He was probably not 20. What's that? Amen. Amen. (laughs) There you go. And at three months or two and a half months, he's already starting to sit up and walk. It's just amazing. Like it's it's just quite quite something. Uh, So, anyways. Just got to give me that kind of opportunity. We are thrilled to be grandparents. It's a pretty cool journey uh, experience in our own lives. And uh, yeah, God is good. We're so encouraged by that. Um, I wanted to share with you a couple of the things, uh, several of the opportunities and cool things that God is doing across this province. I don't get a chance very often uh, in your context to just kind of get you up to speed on some of the stuff I know in Leamington, you feel like, my goodness, we're a long ways away from sort of the epicenter of everything MB. Uh, Not that that really matters, but uh, you are the epicenter right here, and you are living out the the life and the love of Jesus in this place, and we celebrate and do that together with you. But there are a couple things I just wanted to highlight that are also happening in your family that are just a little bit broader. I know many of you have some connections with Camp Crossroads, and I know that's a long drive from here. How many of you have actually been to Camp Crossroads? Just to check. Oh, my goodness. You are amazing, faithful people that travel that kind of a distance. Um, They are going through a whole new refurbishing season uh, presently. And so just wanted to highlight that. Uh, We are so thrilled. And I was talking with uh, Ed Heinrichs again this week and just got kind of an update Uh, The amount of young kids that are coming to Christ, the amount of individuals who are making choices to have baptism when they get back to their churches, uh, it's just a really amazing summer. I have an executive director, her name is Christy, she's on the right-hand side, she was the guest speaker for kids ministry, or the first kids week uh, up there together with uh, her friend Hannah, and they were just reporting on just the amazing things. Like God is doing some great, great stuff through our camping ministry. We're so excited about that. It continues to flourish. If you ever get a chance to take in a kid's family camp, youth camp, whatever, uh, let me just encourage you to do that. A couple other things. I know that you are, some of you have been connecting in with Derek Parento, doing First Nations ministry up in the Perry Sound area. I want to tell you one really cool story. Uh, Because I know Derek has been here. He's probably shared a little bit of this. This is a church. I'm going to go one beyond. This is in the Wataw Mohawk Reserve. If you've ever driven up to camp, this is actually about half an hour from camp on the road that just takes you in there off the 400. It's a Mohawk Reserve. Derek Derek and Tiffany have primarily been serving the Ojibwe uh, First Nation reserves up in the Perry Sound area. God's been doing remarkable stuff. And the folks in Wataw heard about it, and they invited Derek to come and say, we want you to do some of whatever it is you're doing, this Christian thing, in our community, which is really amazing. The Mohawk Reserve is the only one up in that area. You've heard of Oka and some of the other things from sort of eastern Ontario. Uh, This is one other of their reserves. And Derek went there, and they showed him this facility. I'm just going to go back here. 
This church happens to be United Church of Canada, burned down about 10 years ago. Right to the ground was arson. Insurance, they decided to rebuild it. So it's rebuilt. It's never been used since. Derek, when he came to this community, they said, here's the keys. If you can use this place, feel free. He took me for a tour. It's pristine inside. It has the pews. It has a little organ at the front. It has hymn books. It's got everything never been used. And Derek doesn't want to simply start sort of the typical classical Christian Sunday service kind of event. So he started, as you see on this sign, Faith Circles. They're meeting there now on Tuesdays, although they have started a a monthly service there. And I would just encourage you, as you think of Derek and Tiffany, that you continue to pray. God's doing just some remarkable stuff uh, through them. Uh, Really, really neat. I could tell you many more stories about that. I want to share with you about uh, Vichelle. I don't know if you know about a church called Beta Daria. It's our Indo-Canadian, one of our Indo-Canadian churches in Mississauga. Uh, um, Vichelle and his wife Rafika have been serving for about the past 10 years. And several... uh, It's about a year and a half ago now. He came to me and he was pleading, Ed, we have to find a way to get a facility. We've been in rental facilities all these years. We've got to find a way. And I could tell you just a crazy, remarkable story of how God has provided for them. And so they have been able to purchase through our Canadian conference this uh, facility. It's in a, a business community in Mississauga, right close to the airport. This is about two months ago, the renovations that are happening. We're hoping, if it all comes together, to have our annual Ontario gathering, which we do every February, at this new facility. When this comes together, it's going to be only the second Christian Indo-Canadian-owned facility in Canada. It's just really quite a remarkable story. Pray for Vichelle and Rafika as they're serving. They just give so much. It's, it's quite, quite a remarkable story. Now, if you want to see some of what's taking place, and I mentioned this last night. I had a great night with uh, most of the staff. We had a, an evening together at the Hits home. Um, we're doing something for the first time. If you're able to, if you're early retired, if you're retired, And you want to come and be on a four-day vision casting tour of Ontario, starting in the Waterloo area, going up into the Muskokas. We're going to stop at camp. We're going to stop and see this church in in Bala. We're going to go up in through Algonquin Park. We're going to go to Ottawa, check out Parliament, share with you some of the uh, church plant stuff that's going on in Ottawa presently, come back in through Toronto, see some of the different things. We'll also show you the uh, uh, particularly focused uh, Muslim ministry that we have going. If any of you are interested, we've got a bus. It's about three quarters full right now. Uh, But if you get to me quickly, we probably could still find you a couple seats. We'd love to have you. Great opportunity just to kind of be envisioned for what God is doing across our province. Pretty remarkable. So that's coming in September 26th to 29th. And one last thing I wanted to highlight We also are developing a young leader's basic cohort, an apprenticeship opportunity to grow as a young leader. If you are 22 to 27 years of age, you're working, maybe you're going to school, this is sort of a value added. We want to come alongside, 
team you up with a cohort. We have about nine participants right now. We're hoping to get to 12. This is going to start in September as well. You don't have to quit what you're doing. This is an added onto piece. Talk with me afterwards. We'd love to have. We're really trying to find ways to empower, encourage, and inspire our leaders uh, from across uh, this province. So some of the things, like I say, I could share many other things. I'll pause there, uh, take you into the word, but be in prayer for other churches across this province that you are a partner with. Uh, God is doing some remarkable and very exciting things. Uh, we're really thrilled about that. Oh, this was uh, the cohort from the Leadership Collective uh, last year. Just to give you a bit of an idea, you probably recognize a few of those faces. Ed Heinrichs, maybe Philip Serez, maybe a few others. So, when I was thinking, when I was praying, always kind of a challenge, God, what is it that you would want me to share uh, this morning? And then just the few moments that I have remaining, uh, I'd like to take you to the book of James. And we're just going to go through several of the scripture passages in the first chapter. If you want to turn to James chapter 1. I don't know for whatever reason, partly, uh, probably, anytime as a preacher you have an opportunity to share, a lot of it also has to do with what God's doing in your own life and in your own heart. And so probably some of that is what comes out. Uh, but also, I, you know, it just could be that whatever situation you happen to be walking through right now, uh, these moments could be just huge encouragement and blessing to you. I would certainly pray that that's the case. I'm going to read this passage, and then we're going to pause to pray and just allow God to, uh, to speak to us. So if you want to follow along, I'll read it to you. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for your spirit's presence here among us. 
I thank you for these dear friends, for the worship that they have just, and we together, have just collectively been lifting to you. What a privilege, what an honor. We take it so for granted to have the freedom to be able to just lift up your name in this place. And so we do so with delight and with joy. And God, as in these moments now, we just want to open our hearts to you. I pray, I pray that you would take these few words, that you would just allow our hearts to be open to receive what you would have for us. And I know it's, it's so incredible, so mysterious how you speak so personally to each and every one of us. So as we just press in for a few moments into your word, may you speak, Holy Spirit, I pray. In your name, Father, amen. Well, this is kind of a cool passage. James starts out by simply saying, I'm a servant. James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting, he doesn't mention, and he could have, oh, by the way, I'm the biological brother to Jesus. He could have mentioned, oh, by the way, I happen to be the leader of the largest church in the world right now, which was true. He doesn't mention that, oh, by the way, I'm hanging out with all the apostles on a regular basis. They're my best buds. He simply says, James, a servant. Reminiscent of the words of Jesus, where Jesus back in Matthew 20 said, whoever wants to be Come great among you must be a servant. Humble, serving from below, helping people out. I was struck by this image. You know who that is? It's kind of bent over. Jimmy Carter. Just a couple weeks ago, he was in Winnipeg at a Habitat for Humanity build. He's 92 years of age. Now, on this particular occasion, he did succumb to a health issue and uh, ended up in the hospital, St. Boniface, where, by the way, I happened to be born. I thought that was kind of interesting. 92 years of age, he's still serving. And I thought, what a cool image. Happens also to be a Christian, a Baptist guy, done some remarkable stuff, a really neat model of the servant first. That was James. He says, I'm writing to those of you in the diaspora. Now, what's the diaspora? It was the dispersed, the scattered ones, particularly those who had been dispersed from Jerusalem due to persecution. If you go back to Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, on that day... A great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all, and probably it's not all in the sense of absolutely everybody, but a large group of people, except for the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. It seems as though it was God's way of dispersing people so that the good news wouldn't simply stay there in Jerusalem but would begin to go across the globe. We happen to live in a really interesting moment in history ourselves. I don't know if you've really thought about it, but in Canada, and really around the world, there is a remarkable moving of people. 
And sometimes it's also just like in this Jerusalem church because of persecution and hardship and difficulty. Karen and I had the opportunity last Friday. We don't do this that often because it's so close. And so when it's so close, you don't necessarily do these things so often. But we went to Niagara Falls. Like when you come down that way, that's probably what you want to see. You want to come to Niagara Falls. It's 20 minutes from our home, so we don't go that often. We went there on a Saturday night. It's unbelievable the world that comes to Niagara Falls. Every conceivable place on the globe is represented probably on a Saturday night in the summertime in Niagara. People scattered, people moving all over the world. We live in a time of diaspora. Here in Leamington, I know you have uh, quite a high migrant workers population. People that come from other parts of the world and come and live and work here. Well, we do in Niagara as well. I want to introduce you to my buddies. Adam, Rice, Michael, Barry, and Marlon. We have a pretty neat outreach to our Jamaican community in Vineland. And individuals that I had no real connection with some years ago are now good friends. The world is here. The world is scattered. There was a thing that happened just last week. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's tied in with our MB mission uh, in particular, but it's called BL4P. BL4P. It's kind of a hidden acronym which actually means building leaders for peace so our emmy mission has done something really creative in the last little while and philip serez he's not in this picture this is a picture from last year uh, but philip was just there and this is in turkey it's a pretty uh challenging area right now to be there safely it's right on the border with syria And we've been gathering young Muslim leaders from Turkey, from Syria, and different Christian young leaders from Canada and the U.S. have been going there to talk about peace. And how do you bring peace in such a war-torn, broken world? And Philip shares amazing stories. If you ever have the chance to bring Philip and Robin uh, back this way again, he could share some of personal stories of what God has been doing We live in a dispersed, diaspora kind of world, not at all dissimilar to the one that James uh, was a part of. To these people, who honestly have been going through really difficult times, he says, friends, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of every kind. James is a real pragmatist. He just kind of cuts to the chase. Not a lot of extra words. Friends, when you go through difficult times, he would say, consider it joy. Consider it joy. Now, we recoil at that. We don't, if, maybe you're all different. Probably the people in Leamington are different than me. me. But I don't particularly like, like difficult trying times. That's not what I look for. I know that God uses them and I grow in remarkable ways because of them and it's his primary way often for teaching me, but I don't look forward to them. James would say to me and to us, Ed, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. Now you know that trials come in all kinds of shapes, 
all kinds of sizes. There's about three different ways that I think of trials. One is cause and effect. You do something really dumb, you pay the penalty. I think I drove through three speeding uh, uh, traps on my way here. I didn't get pulled over, by the way, on any of the time, this time, um, and haven't in many, many years. But if you get pulled over for speeding, you pay the price. I sat with a pastor several months ago who had a moral failing. The implications, the ramifications to his ministry, to his family, to the church, devastating. Cause and effect. You do something dumb, scripture says don't do it, you pay a price. That's one type of trial. That's probably not the kind that these folks were going through. They were probably going what better could be called spiritual trials. That was simply the result of living as passionate followers of Christ. And these folks knew all about it. In 1 Peter, Peter says, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. We are actually countercultural people. And we know of so many stories, maybe not right here in our community, but in so many places around the world where people suffer for the cause of Christ. That's what these folks were going through. There's one other kind of trial that can sometimes and often comes our way, and that would be what you might call a spiritually mysterious trial. Think of Job. Somebody living for God, and yet everything is taken from him. Total brokenness. His friends tell him it's because you've been sinning. His wife tells him, blame God. And all Job could do was continue to trust when he didn't understand the why. And sometimes those can be the most difficult types of trials that we go through. Whatever the type, James would say, consider it pure joy, friends, when you face trials. Why? Because God is at work. God is at work. And the testing of your faith is there to develop and to produce perseverance. In the passage, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Trials force us to persevere, which bring about growth. Maturity, completeness, not lacking anything. Friday night of this week, I had the privilege and opportunity to be with a couple. They're in their early 30s. They happen to be an associate couple of one of our churches in Ottawa. They were in the Niagara region, and they had a small gathering with a few friends of theirs. <clears throat> the wife, Melanie, she works for InterVarsity, and so she raises support and raises, uh, has connections with people. Um, and so it was one way to kind of connect with some friends. Dan works at our church. A year and a half ago, Dan discovered a lump on his neck. And after much investigation, much discovery, it was finally concluded that he had cancer. It's a very aggressive 
form of cancer. And they shared their story. It was a remarkable story of how God took them from discovery through all of the steps that they've had to walk through. Praise the Lord, at this point, they seem to have gotten it all, but they still don't know what the future really holds. And so Dan has been uh, regaining his health. He's an incredibly fit young man. But they just shared about how through these difficult times, their whole life has been reoriented, refocused. What are the real priorities? If at 32, that's all that God gives me, what does that mean? What does that mean for us as a family? If I have one or two more years, how do I live those years of my life? And it was just a remarkable story. I'm trying to find a way where we're going to be able to share their story a little bit more broadly because it, it was just quite remarkable. Speaking exactly to this point, they weren't looking for a trial. They've gone through the most difficult time. Just before he was diagnosed, they had their first son, Marcus. I was there when the parents were there, and I also heard the parents' side of what it's like as a parent and grandparent to be walking with your young 31-year-old son who may not live another year. God has really done a work there, but it speaks so powerfully to trials. They're hanging in. Their faith is so much stronger. And you see how they have grown and how they're so passionately going for it, uh, following Jesus. A remarkable story. James goes on, he says... In the mix, you might just lack wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask. Ask God. If any one of you lacks, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. God is a generous God. And I don't know about you, but I find in my own life, I so often try to figure it out myself, try to solve my own problems, And I forget that God simply keeps reminding me, Ed, like I'm here. Ask. Ask. And, you know, even when I feel unworthy, even when there's sin, even when I know I don't deserve an answer, James' reminder is ask. God is a generous God. He goes on, he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. I could share a lot of different examples from my own life of how I've had to learn to ask. Probably the most recent one was just last week. So today we're Sunday. If you go back a week and a half to Friday... My computer died. That may not be a big deal to you. Everything I do is on this little laptop. Now, I'm smart enough. I do have a backup. So I wasn't totally schnookered. But I got a problem. My IT guy has moved to the Maritimes. That's real. I don't have an automatic person that I can turn to and say, here, can you solve this for me? And if you would ask my wife, she would know. Friday wasn't the best day. I was kind of freaking out. It's like, what do I do? Meanwhile, I'm putting this message together. And it was like this quiet reminder. Ed, 
why don't you ask? Like, maybe I could help you in this moment. It's practical, right? Like, why is this always somehow out there? So I began to ask God, like, you know that I need this. You know I'm coming to Leamington. I'd like to put a few things together, etc. I need this. I think it's a pretty legitimate. Help me as I try to figure out the next steps. And as I track this last week, it's been really quite remarkable. I went into this Apple Mac outpost place in St. Catharines. Got to know Roxy. Never knew Roxy before. She took all kinds of time to look at the situation, to diagnose, yes, you have a hard drive problem. You can do this and this. Okay. That took me to another person. And God has brought about three new people into my life. On Tuesday, a new computer shows up. By Thursday, it's all up and functioning. Now, of course, that's just kind of life stuff, right? You get that. But for me, it was a neat example again. I didn't quite know how to handle this. I can get stressed out. I tend to over-research and try to spend all, waste all this time. And God would simply add, just ask. And as I asked, he pointed me to a person after person. I now have a new IT guy. I could probably go visit Roxy again if I need to. It's just kind of cool. And I have a piece that functions well. And God has provided. Simple example. But it's so real and how God works. James goes on and he says, believers who are in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now you kind of wonder why exactly do those two verses fit there? Do they even really fit into this context of the trials that James is talking about? And some commentators actually start a whole new section and talk about a different theme here. But as I was looking at it, I thought, no, no, they fit. Because whether you're a person with very limited means or whether you're a person with incredible resource, we all desperately have needs and problems and trials that ravage us. James would say, if you have limited means, you're actually in a special spot because God knows that and he cares for you in a unique kind of way. If you're a person that has an awful lot, you probably should beware because your tendency will be to figure it out on your own rather than asking. I was reminded as I was thinking about this, when I was in college, when we were early married, we had nothing. Like, you know, I could tell you the stories of the apple carts and I won't bore you with that, but we had nothing. But we had stress, we had challenge, unique to that season. Relatively speaking, today we have so much more. And you know that our issues are different because of all that resource. And it's not always so much better. But in either case, wherever you find yourself on the continuum, James's reminder would be, as you're walking through the challenges of life, ask God. Don't try to do it simply on your own. Blessed is the one who 
who perseveres under trials. That last verse again. Blessed is the one who having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The first image I put up for you this this morning was of little Eli. May, is it the 19th or the 18th? 18th. On May the 19th, when Eli was one day old, we of course had been there the day of, we were there several days after. On May the 19th, in the same hospital, I took my parents to a different section of the hospital. It was on the main level. And when I sat in the seniors part of the hospital, I heard for the very first time a diagnosis that my father has dementia. And I've known and I've seen for a long time that he's not tracking and we're not a part of conversations in the ways that we used to be. But to hear it, and we were actually told Alzheimer's. I heard that, and then I went to the elevator, and I went up to second or third floor where Eli was, and it was a bit of a surreal moment because it was the start of life, and it's near the end of life. And Dad has been a pastor, a minister, done some amazing things. There is no question in my heart and my mind that he's soon to receive the crown of life. Faithfully persevering through trials. Eli is just starting out. Who knows what God's going to do through this little guy. Between the birth and the time where we ultimately face our maker, and we don't know if it's the end when you're 83, 84 years of age, or like another really good friend of mine, 66 over Christmas, diagnosed with cancer, perfectly in health, one month later he's gone and we're at his, ba- at his grave site. We don't know the timing. Some people have often have said, it's what you do with the dash between when you're this little baby and the person that's about to meet your Lord and Savior. In that span, which really is a short span, God is inviting us. When you go through trials, testing, difficulties, know that I'm there, hang in there, persevere, count it all joy, because ultimately, he wants to grow us, to mature us, so that one day, each and every one of us can receive the crown of life. John 10.10, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I'm gonna invite the worship band if you'd come on up. We're gonna take a minute just to pray. Wherever you find yourself uh, this morning, like I said at the beginning, I don't know your stories, I don't know what God is doing in your hearts and lives. All I can simply do is bring to you his word. Count it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you walk through challenging times because it's God's way of honing, shaping, 
and remaking you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you again for these moments. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you want to say. And as we've been hearing, as we've been just receptive, as we have taken in those thoughts, would you now seal that? If we need to respond in some way, if we need to go and um, just connect with somebody about wherever we find ourselves, God, would you give us the courage to take those next steps? And would you continue to teach us that it's when we are broken, then we are strong. So we give ourselves to you with thanksgiving and joy because you're in control. We thank you, Father. Amen. If you've come this morning and uh, you need wisdom in your life, and if you're going through something in your life that's just bogging you down, a trial, uh, ask God for help. Uh, He is your power. He is your strength. And ask for wisdom as well. Uh, And if you've come this morning and after service is done, if you want to pray with anybody, if you want to talk about anything that's going on in your life, a few of us will be available. Uh, Before we close the service, we're going to ask Ed and Karen to come on up, and we're going to pray for them, uh, blessing over them as they're doing ministry uh, in Ontario within the denomination. So we just want to bless them and pray for them as well, and then we'll be done our service. So, hi. Let's pray for these guys. Jesus, thank you for uh, for Karen and for Ed, and thank you for who they are. And Jesus, thank you for the journey they've been put on. And thank you that they're serving so faithfully uh, for your kingdom. And as Ed uh, continues to dive into different pastoral situations and all the things he's dealing with, give him godly wisdom and insight. So he comes along pastors and boards to encourage them. He would know what to say. And as Karen and Ed do ministry together, I pray that you give Karen strength as well as she's working and uh, doing the work of a nurse. I pray that you give her energy and strength and uh, protect her body and her mind as well, uh, just from all the physical things that go on there and some of the emotional heaviness as well. Bless their marriage. Thank you for the joy of a grandson. And I pray that you would just give them continued strength in everything they're doing and that you bless them in Jesus' name, that you'd anoint them and the work they're doing would just further your kingdom. And thank you, Jesus, that you've surrounded them with lots of love and support. And thank you for the blessing they are to us at this church. And thanks for the word this morning. So, Lord, all glory to you. Give us a great week and all the things we're doing, Lord, in our work and our play and with our friends and our family. We ask this all in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed week.